What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy and subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, Mike C-Rock. I am in the house with a new friend of mine that I met on Clubhouse through another friend of mine who's been on the podcast before, Miss Laura, uh, Miss Laura Wild. And uh, today's guest, guys, is Prince Daniels Jr. He's a former NFL running back turned high-performance mentor, author, and entrepreneur. He lives by the mantra, nothing is impossible unless you truly believe it is. His personal story is one of uh, determination and true-to-life testimony that anything is possible. This guy played at Georgia Tech. He played for the Ravens. Man, and now he uses meditation, which we'll talk about today as well, because I had some experience with some meditation last week in Arizona when I took a trip to Scottsdale. But anyway, from an athlete who realizes dreams of playing in the NFL and going on to live a thriving and purpose-driven life, Daniel's message is nothing short of inspirational. And you have a book out as well. I believe it's called The Ultimate Athlete. I'm sorry, Mindfulness for the Ultimate Athlete, Mastering the Balance Between Power and Peace. So Prince, welcome to the What Are You Made Up show, man. Oh man, thank you for having me, Mike. Man, I appreciate this platform, man. I appreciate you, man. Let me ask you what are you made of first, like I always do, because I don't want to get off of that. And then I got to tell you a quick story. So, so Prince, right. I'll ask you that question we do every time, man. What are you made of? Man, such a like a vague and open question. Uh, I'll say, man, I'm made of light. I'm made of light and high energy. Love it. I love it. Yes, All right. Sir. So, so light and high energy. So this interview is going to go off of that. But I got to tell you, so um, I believe in believing before you see it. I believe in tension statements. I believe in making a commitment to something, going after it and seeing it fulfilled. And the wildest thing, I've been working with uh, Richie Dolan, who's a performance coach, and he's worked with the likes of LeBron James, the Miami Heat, the Lakers. And he's one of my favorite guys. He's now, I call him a friend, and I, I work with him now myself personally and uh, to, to better myself. And I, and I told Richie, I, I said, man, I want to be like you when I grow up. I want to work with high-profile celebrities, business people, athletes, and teach them the rocket fuel law and proactively teach them the rocket fuel law. And all of a sudden, after I said that, I had no idea. I, I, didn't, I didn't know a lot of people in the industry whatsoever in sports, like just didn't. All of a sudden, after I made that intention and committed to it and believed that it was possible, all of a sudden, these people start coming into my life. It's just a weird manifestation. And I think I say it's weird because I didn't believe it before, maybe. Mm. And then now I start practicing it and I see it. So uh, what are your thoughts on that, man? How have you experienced oh, that? Man, I mean, when, when people tell me that, it reminds me or lets me know that they are in the vortex, that they are connected with them higher selves. And, um, you know, words are very powerful and our intention is very powerful as well. So when we speak that into existence, like it's happening, it's happening, but it's, it, sometimes it just takes for us, um, to be able to either we sit and we become aware and, um, from being still or, we just become aware because our mind has been desiring this, this is looking for a certain thing. You know, so when you say something like, I want to win, I want to win, 
and you keep saying that you want to win at some point in time, it has to crystallize in the physical form. And you have to become aware that I'm winning, you know, and it's because you've been saying that over and over again. And, and you believe that. And once you believe it, then you, what is it? Uh, see it. And then once you see it, you become it. And that's what happens. And so when you were, when you were talking to the, uh, the coach, you were telling him like, man, this is what I want to do. So you spoke into existence. And then afterwards, you start seeing it. And then eventually you're going to become it. And when you become it, you're going to be like, yo, this is, and, you know, you're going to tell someone else and they're going to be like, man, this is weird. This is, I'm not sure if, it, if it's real. But like, look, I didn't see it as well, but I'm seeing it now. So, yeah, now you came from that world. So, you know, I want to be the guy like, so I, I started thinking really, really crazy over the last couple of years that like, everything's opened up for me. My mind is just expanded so much. And I want to be the person that people are like, man, I cannot live without C-Rock. I need him in my camp because he is a part of my success. Like when he's around me, we don't just win championships. I do better. Like that's the kind of concept that I'm going to, you know, I, I see in my head and it's, I don't know how close I can get to it, but I want to think that big. Like right. Richie, Richie's got, he love talking me. He doesn't like the, he doesn't like the brag. So, but he's got three <laughs> NBA championship rings and he's not a player. He's right. not, not a, a, a sports coach. Like as far as the X's and O's, Correct. but you know, like he did that. So I, I'm like, man, well, how can I top Richie? You know, it's the kind of thing. <laughs> anyway, I want to go, I want you to tell your story, man, because the thing that got me, man, when we were in the clubhouse room and we're talking about the story about, you know, going and walking on at Georgia tech, man. And tell it like you did, man. Tell it like you did in the clubhouse room. <laughs> and you, and this, 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 you know, you can use language, whatever you, but you, you said some powerful stuff. So if you could tell us that story. Yeah, man. When I was in high school, um, I was a, a, a big superstar. Um, and it seemed like it happened overnight. Um, but I was a very hard worker. I was always putting in the hard work, stay out to practice longer, you know, get some extra reps in and just really just be the best version of myself when I was young. And um, so I, I had all of these scholarship offers, man, but I didn't do well on the standardized test. And so that made all those schools, you know, to take away those scholarships that were offered to me. So I had Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, Tulane, um, Stanford. Um, who else did we have? We had um, Colgate, Brown. We had some of the Ivy League schools as well. And, and man, when I didn't do well on the, on the standardized test, it was just like, whoa, wow, what's next? Right. So what, what, what I, were your, what were your measurements? How, how tall and, and, uh, and what did you weigh and all that? I think I was, uh, at the time I was like five ten. I think I was like five ten at the time. I only grew like a, a, a inch and a half after that. <laughs> how much did you weigh? Like one ninety? Um, I was like one ninety. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like okay. one ninety. And, and fast. What was, your, um, what was your fast 40 time? My fastest 40 time in high school was a four, four, like it was like a four, four, seven. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I was close to, I had a four, six one time, but that that's about all <laughs> I had. I'm five, I'm five, seven and I'm five, seven, five, six and three quarters. And I was like one eighty five in college football. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that's good. You, you know, like, um, in, in the combine, the NFL combine, I ran a four, I ran a four, six, I ran a, yeah, I ran a four, six. Um, it's, no, no, no. I ran a four, five, seven. I ran a four, five, seven. And, um, I didn't, I didn't really, really, uh, catch my speed I understand my speed until I got to the NFL where I started running a four, two in the NFL. Um, and yeah, and I, and I, we can go into that later, but, um, so man, I'm, I'm at, uh, so I, I get this opportunity, right? So, well, one, I go to 
North Texas. They tried to offer me a scholarship. Uh, and man, I went there and there was the very first time that I ever had a drink in my life. So I, they had me drink some alcohol. It was supposed to be a party time. Man, the one thing I cannot stand is uh, regurgitating. So I, I, I'll never forget, I yacked everywhere and the room was spinning. Uh, and I was just like, man, God, if you get me out of this, I'll never do this shit again. And so, and so I never did. And that was at 17. So that's what helped me make my decision to not want to well, go to Georgia. You never drank again after that? No, man. Maybe I had a sip of wine, yeah, but, but. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I said that same thing, but it, I didn't listen to myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I listened to myself. You know, it's oh, some, it's certain things that are not for you. And, and I knew what, what wasn't for me and that wasn't it. And so um, I turned down the offer from North Texas and I did not know what was my next move. And so uh, coincidentally, one of the coaches from Georgia Tech, it was first, first, Georgia Tech first year recruiting at my school and they were recruiting another player, a defensive player. And my coach told him about me. He was just like, man, we got this, this, this gym, man. He fell underneath the radar because he didn't do well in the ACT, SAT. Uh, but he passed it, so he's good and he's smart. My coach said, if you take a chance on him, I promise you, you won't regret it. So the coach was just like, well, let me see him, man. And, um, well, he's like, let me see some film on him. He saw one play on me. I ran over somebody. No, I jumped over my, my fullback after he threw a nice block for me. And then, uh, who I think his name, Chuck Anderson. I want to give a shout out to Chuck. You know, I jumped over Chuck. And then after that, um, I, I ran a guy over. And then I, I, I took the ball uh, 80 yards to the house. And so he was like, all right, I don't want to see any more. Let me meet the kid. And when he came to meet me, I was at track practice. And I was doing a handstand from the ground up into into um. Yeah, it was, no, I was on the ground, so I was like I was in crow pose, and I'd go into a handstand, and I'd start walking on my hands. And he's like, yo, who are you, man? <laughs> Just like, PJ Daniels. And so he came and spoke to me and told me, like, hey, your coach told me about you, man. I'm, I want to take a chance with you. So they flew me out on, a, on an unofficial visit, had a chance to talk to the coaches. They said if I do well on and off the field, that I'd be able to get a scholarship at Georgia Tech. And, man, you know, it didn't really go like that. But – I did get accepted into Georgia Tech. They told me to apply for school and see if I get in. I applied. I got into Georgia Tech. And so kind of like the rest of his history, man. So from there, um, being a walk-on at a D1 school, a top, top program, ACC, you know, it's, it's, it's not glitz and glamour, man. And I, I had to work my ass off. But um, I had six other running backs in front of me. And uh, I'll never forget it, man. My coach, he had told me at the time, it wasn't a head coach, it was the offensive coordinator, but he told me that I wasn't good enough and that my chances of playing at Georgia Tech are one in a million. My chances of playing in the NFL are one in a billion. And I'll never forget it. This was like doing spring, um, spring practice. It was like right out the right out the spring, the spring game. We had to have like an exit interview with our coaches. And you know, he told me he was like, You suck, man. You you like you fucking suck. I was just like, dang, like what did I do to you? <laughs> you know, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. And he was just like, You're too mechanical. Um, you're not what we're looking for. He's like, you're number seven on the depth chart. He was just like, you know, like your chances of playing at G Tech are one in a one in a million. And if you plan on going to the NFL, it's one in a billion. Like you fucking suck. Like get the fuck out of my office. And you know, he he left his door wide open so everybody could hear it. And some of my teammates they were lined up outside, and you know they were there, and and they were, they you know they kind of it's like it's it's cool, P. And I was like, please don't touch me. Don't nobody touch me, right? And that so, was the offensive coordinator that said that. Yeah, okay, yeah, that was okay. the offensive coordinator. Yeah. So you know, he he um um he he was coaching in the in the league, coach for the Houston Texans. Um um yeah, he coached for the Houston. I'm not trying to start stir up no controversy, 
or anything, but you know, uh, recently, and he does, he's not there anymore, you know. But I, and I'll say, I'll, I'll thank you. Was it start with a B and 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 the O? <laughs> something, something yeah, like <laughs> something like that. Okay, I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah, so you know, he just told me he's like, you're not my favorite, man, and you know, shit. No, but like, hold on, you told me this story before, and I didn't ask you this though. Do you think possibly it was a psychological tactic that he was using? Just to no, on or he was no, no. Yeah, he was just being a dick. Now, I mean, that's just, that's just his mo. You know, that's what he does. I mean, as you can see, it happened when they let go of uh, one of the best wide receivers in the league, and they yeah, let him yeah. go, and he yeah. went to another. You know, it's just like, come on, man, like, come on, really. And that's that's why Deshaun Watson wants wants to leave. You know, because of all the hypocrisy and everything that's going yeah. on in politics. Yeah. But anyway, that's another conversation. So, yeah. um, man, from from there, uh, you know, from that moment. Man, uh, I went outside and I remember sitting on sitting at the bus stop. And again, it's spring break, right? So the bus it's it's an extra fifteen minutes longer. So it, the bus bus came every thirty minutes. I'm sitting at the bus stop. The the campus is desolate. I'm waiting on the bus, and I got my head down. I'm like, what the fuck just happened to me? I'm 19 years old. I'm trying to figure out like why. I looked up in the sky. I was just like, why, God? What did I do wrong? Right? Because um, usually. If you do something wrong to someone, then they have a, a they have a valid reason to treating you, um, you know, like shit, right? And so, yeah, yeah. Um, man, man, he basically, you know, be, tried to berate me, right, in front of everybody else. And so, um, I'm at the bus stop, and I remember one of the coaches. He drove by. He's like, "Pete, keep your head up, man. You got." He said, "You got what everybody else doesn't have." And I was like, "What's that, coach?" He's like, "You got heart." He's like, and nobody can duplicate your heart and your energy. And so, um, and so he drove by. And I was just like, man, this is some BS. I was just like, you know what? F this. And um, so I stood up. I remember I had like three textbooks in my backpack, man. Um, and the reason why it wasn't because I was studying the textbooks. It was because uh, I think I was trying to, I was trying to sell them back or something. Uh, I was trying to get rid of those textbooks. I I think I dropped those classes anyway. And um, I remember just strapping, strapping my backpack and I said to myself, I'm not going to let nobody take my fucking dream. It's my dream. So I got up and I just took off running to the other side of campus, which was probably like a mile and a half to two miles away from the athletic center. And I ran nonstop with tears streaming down my face, got to my room, threw it on my backpack, put on my workout clothes. And I went outside and I worked out in, a, in, in the 1996 Olympic volleyball sandpit. Because that's what they had the Olympics. Uh, that, that's what they held the Olympics in 1996. I worked out for probably three hours and I worked out until I passed out. I got up. I was weary. My body was shaking, man. I got to the top of the stairs. On the, we lived on the third floor. I got to the third floor. I walked into the room. I remember looking at some greasy ass pizza that my, my roommates bought. And um, they gave me two pieces, two slices. I ate that. I was supposed to do my homework. I was too tired. Man, I went to sleep. We had workouts the next day, I think at 5.30. Uh, no, at, yeah, at 5.30. So I woke up at 4 the next morning. I started doing sit-ups. I did a little bit of my homework. And then I put my workout clothes on. And I took off running to the other side of campus. And I did this for the next three months. And i never forget, my teammates used to be like, you know, th th everybody would carpool. And they'd all be in the car. You know, they'll, they'll stop. But like, yo, Pete, get in, man. I, was like, I, I would look at them and be like, no, I'm good. I was like, somebody told me that I suck. I was like, I'm good, y'all. And I would run to practice. Uh, I mean, run to the weights, you know, and then after weights, we lift all the weights. We tired. I take off running again to the other side of campus, not giving a flying 
fuck about what anybody thought about me, what anybody said. I just knew that somebody had told me that I sucked and I would not ever be anything at Georgia Tech. My chances are one in a million. So I said, if my chances are one in a million, and guess what? That means I have a chance. And, you know, from there, man, C-Rock, I just, I was relentless. I would not stop. So if I was too mechanical, I made sure I worked on my mechanics. If I wasn't fast enough, I made sure I worked on my speed. And if I wasn't, you know, whatever else, I made sure that I worked on that, man. And, and the next year, you know, um, all the pieces fell into place, man. All those other players that got injured or they fell out of school, um, something happened or, you know, they got hurt during the season. And I was just, you know, the only the strong survive. And I was there ready. On, on your you know. sophomore year, was it? It was my sophomore year, my red shirt sophomore year, man. And, um, you know, from there, I was ready. I was like, let's go. Um, and and got an opportunity to play on special teams. That's how I started. And what, what actually allowed for me to get a scholarship was um, on special teams. On, I was only on kickoff return. And so on kickoff return, the guys usually run back and they, they build the wall, right? And we hold hands and then go and, yeah, and uh, not me. Not me. <laughs> when, when, when the defenders can't run it down the field, I was just like, fuck it. You know, I started running towards the defender. I was like, that's who I got right there. <laughs> and I was just like, it's me or you. I don't give a, I was like, but I'm about to knock your ass out. So, you know, that's what I would do. The coach, coach was cool with that though? Instead of going back and doing it. He, he had to be cool with it because yeah. I, I would knock people out. Oh, okay, like literally, okay. like, like okay. they would pull a stretch out and be like, yo, come and get him. I, I would be like, I would be calling the refs and, and the trainers like, come and get him. Come and get him. You know, and like after I knock him out, I just, ah! you know, just. Oh, I love man. that. And so, so yeah. from there, um, that, that, that role grew into me uh, returning kicks. And I ended up returning kick because our, uh, our, our, our return guy, he got injured. So I'm back there. I'm like, oh, shit, they're kicking the ball to me. My coach told me that they would. So they kicked the ball to me, and I, and I ran a 56-yard touchdown. Um, I mean, not touchdown, 56-yard return. Um, somebody horse-collared me. But if, if they wouldn't horse-collared me, I would have scored a touchdown, man. So from that, from that, um, I got a, lo- a lot of recognition. You know, shout-out to my man, Wes Durham. He's a radio guy. He was he put the pressure on the head coach at the time, Chan Gailey. He was just like, "Who is this PJ Daniels?" It's like he's a walk on. Like, why does he have a scholarship? He needs to be on scholarship like today. And so um, they put me on scholarship the next week, man. And you know, the rest was history. And I broke broke some records at Georgia Tech, um, NCAA record for the most rushing yards in a bowl game. And and you know, it's it's all about um, you know persistence and then believing in yourself. You know, because I know. Nobody believed in me because, you know, on paper, it looks like shit, you, you, you really do have a one in a million chance. But, you know, I was just like, I don't give a shit about that. You know, to me, it's just it's about faith. It's about, you know, believing in yourself. And when you believe in yourself, then other people start believing in you. And I had. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. I had that one thing that others had been looking for. There was that insurmountable faith, like just never give up, like just keep going. Like don't stop. Like they said it is over. It's over for them, not for you. Like, no, man. Yeah. That's, where, where, did that, where did that come from? Where did that, where did that faith come from? Um, you know, I want to say it came from my dad, man. My dad is from... Um, another country from, from Ghana, Africa. And, uh, 
Um, so, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't grow up with my dad, man. Um, the first part of my life, I grew up with him the second part of my life, um, like from my teen years and on. Um, and it just, it's just in my DNA, you know, um, my older brother, he would always tell me, he was just like, man, you, you just different. He was my half brother, but my older brother, he's like, you just different, man. It's like, you know, he, he said, man, I used to run on the track. You know, when we was at the YMCA, when we was little, he said, I used to run on the track. And by the time I got around the second lap, I'm gassed. He said, I used to see you on your fourth lap, just be like, just with a smile on your face, just <laughs> running. He's like, I, he said, he said, oh yeah, he different. He different, you know? And yeah. so, um, I don't know. It, it was just something inside of me, man. I just always wanted to be, uh, never wanted to give up. And I, I just, I had fun pushing myself and, and going above and beyond. It was just something that I was yeah. just like, I could do that. Yeah. And then, and then the confidence that came from once they told you that, and then you started working and seeing some differences and then, and then being able to get onto special teams and all that, and that confidence grows, then you're returning kicks and then you're like, Oh man, I, I, I got, this. I think I got this. I think I got this and a little right. bit more, more. And then before you know it, you're starting running back. Starting running back for Georgia tech. And then, you know, at that point I was trying to figure out like, okay, I'm the starter. So like, aren't I supposed to do something like magnificent, like, you know, run people over, then run past them. And, you know, and I'm like, I'm, like, how do you become the starter? And, you know, it was that I had, I still had that walk on mentality, you know, now, now that I'm the, I'm the starter, like, like walk on mentality. But then luckily this happens to me a lot. Um, I had a dream the night before we played a big game, played against Florida state and we had never beat them um, in like the past 10 years. And I just felt like this was the year we was going to beat them and we didn't beat them, but the game was close. The game, the score of the game was 13 to 14. Right. <laughs> but I scored a touchdown and I had a dream the night before that I was going to score a touchdown and I was going to dive into the end zone and it happened. And that was, a, that, that was a, you know, that was another time I went to the zone and I, I just remember, I, I was it. just like, I got to score a touchdown and I ended up scoring a touchdown, man. And, um, you know, from there I was just like, I'm the starting running back. See, we end up losing, but I got player of the game. I got Chevrolet player of the game. They was just like, whoever this PJ Daniels kid is, they was like, Georgia Tech just got them a gym. They got them a yeah, running back. Yeah. This dude is here to stay. So, from so, there, so, yeah. so, so then when you, when you went into the NFL and, then, and when you came out of football, what's the transition like? What went through your mind when you, uh, when you left football for, for the final time and thought, oh, man, now I got the, the, the real world in front of me as far as like the job world or the, the business world or whatever? Like what, can you talk about that transition there? What went through your mind then? Yeah, man, that, that was a tough transition for me because I didn't get a chance to leave on my own terms. You know, I had so much left in the tank, man. I had so much rocket fuel left over, you know, and, and it wasn't no rocket that I could put it in because that platform was gone. So um, my NFL career was cut short due to injuries. And so, you know, it just led to, you know, like being super hard on myself and, and which led to a depression. And then, you know, I tried to commit suicide, man, because I... I identified with something for so long and then all of a sudden now you're taught to or told to go and do something else, find your new identity, you know, learn something new. I know you've been deprived of all of these other skills that probably your peers, your counterparts have learned, you know, you've been deprived of it. And so when I had to uh, hang up the cleats, man, I was I was distraught. I was in a, in a bad place. And, and so, you know, just even trying to think about how to survive afterwards, I, I really didn't have all of, the, all of the skills there because my mom was fixated on what happened in the past, which, which became, which formulated into a depression, right? Depression and the root of depression is something that happened in the past. And 
that you're constantly thinking about. And I was th constantly thinking about that, man. And so I just felt like it would be better off for me to not be in the world and just commit suicide and just end my life. And, and um, luckily, I had an opportunity to go spend time at a monastery with monks. And I, I had a chance to rehabilitate myself, man. And, and from there, you know, I just made a promise to myself that I'll never let any other athlete go through this or any other high achiever go through this because this is, you know, high achievers have the same mindset as athletes, you know, doctors, lawyers, you know, top one percent of the world, you know, like even yourself, man, you know, we, we, you know, we have that same mindset, you know, so there's no difference. And um, I just promised myself that I would never let anybody go through that because I knew how hard it was for me. And as I mentioned, um, um, I, I had a safety net, you know, had had an opportunity to go to a monastery. And where, you know, was, that? where was that? It was in um, the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas, man. And um, spent some some significant amount of time there trying to get myself together, just battling with my own thoughts. But after I was able to get past that, man, like, you know, a lot of things became clear to me. And and from there, um, I just knew that I could make an impact with my energy, with my story, with my testimonial, with 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 my presence. And and so now um, I help professional athletes. I help um, high achievers, you know, uh, make sure that they avoid that pitfall. Yeah, man. What I found in my past when I was anxious and depressed is because I was looking at what the present and the past, like you said, and I didn't have a purpose to look forward to. Mm -hmm. Once I found that purpose, that's yeah. when the launch took place, man. And, and I can't be stopped. Like there's a fire that lit and like, you feel like that, right? I mean, I took right. out and I didn't go to a monastery, but I just learned from other people, I guess, that have been through that yeah. um, and, and uh, implemented it. And I probably have still some work to do, but I mean, it's just a fabulous feeling. So anybody that's listening to this, if you're dealing with anxiety and depression, I understand there's maybe some things that are medically uh, that need to be addressed medically, but you know, take, take a look and see what you're focus on, focusing on. I mean, if you're focusing on the past and the present, instead of looking forward to the future and creating a purpose for yourself, um, man, it, it's, it's something that you'll like, it's like a never ending source of energy, right? Right. So, uh, so, so right, right now, is that, that's what you're doing now? You're working with athletes. Is that your main? Yeah. I'm working with high achievers and athletes. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's, that's my main thing. You know, I wrote the book mindfulness for the ultimate athlete. So I have a course for them. Um, where, you know, I, I make sure that they uh, unlock their peak performance, you know, because I, I, as you mentioned, like, it seems like that, that fuel, it never runs out. Right. But sometimes we feel like there's a part of us that hasn't been unleashed and we have so much more potential that we haven't tapped into. And I, I help people tap into that because I've been able to find it myself. And so I, I, I teach and I speak from experience, man. Um, you know, just like, oh, OK. Oh, oh, that's what you're dealing with. OK. Oh, that's simple. Yeah, just tweak this and you're good to go. Yep, and, you know, yep. people are like, what? Like, like, no, man, how is that possible? I'm just like, well, I mean, you know, all I'm doing is directing you in the right direction. You just you 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 are the one that has to do the work. And so when people, you know, do the work, I tell them like this only works if you put in the work. And so when they put in the work, they come back to me. and They were just like, I, I saw I saw it all, bro. I saw it all. Like, tell me more. Just like, OK, well, what else do you want to know? You know? <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah. And then Take they come it, find man. you and then they, then they right. share that message with someone else because you made them feel good. Right. Right. Um, talk about meditation. Last week I was in Scottsdale um, at Steve Sims Speakeasy and I, I got the opportunity to meet this awesome dude. His name was Jason Campbell and he <laughs> creates meditation music. Nice. And, uh, and he's number one on billboard charts for meditation music. He's a pianist musician, but he's also a, I think a fourth degree, maybe even a seventh grade. I don't even know, but something out there 
black belt in, uh, in martial arts. So nice. get some breathing exercise and a meditation with him. Some, uh, flight or what do they call that flight or flight, or flight, mode. flight or flight breathing stuff. Mm -hmm. And yep, uh, yep, man, yep. it was pretty powerful. So now I'm working on implementing that into my life because I need it. I'm always full go. Right. I feel like I'm like this instead of sometimes I need to be like a little bit of the yin and yang kind of thing. So speak a little bit about meditation, what that's meant for you. Yeah, man. So it's, it's funny that you say that because my book is um, the byline is master the balance between power and peace. And so, um, you know, because if we're too powerful, uh, we'd be, we, we can be very destructive and if we're too peaceful. We can be very passive and submissive. And so you, you want to find that balance between the two. So you, you have both of them. So um, that's one. And so the practice of meditation, you know, for anybody that's listening, um, wh whatever idea or understanding that you have of meditation, let that shit go. Because, um, you, you know, um, a lot of times we are misconstrued by uh, the perception of meditation. But I mean, meditation is not a religion. It's not a religious substitution. It's not a religious doctrine or philosophy, man. It's a practice you know, that, that exists in every single human being all over the world. And it allows for you to tap into a deep level of focus, concentration, uh, awareness, um, compassion, love, um, kindness, all of the above, man. And immunity, immunity building, immunity building, man. I mean, there, there are a lot more benefits, you know, I just kind of keep it on the surface level because I don't want to sound too metaphysical and like, woo, woo, what, mm -hmm. but for the most part, man, there's it's, it's so many amazing and incredible benefits uh, that meditation plays in, um, in your life. If you practice it consistently, you know, um, um, it starts off as a discipline and then from a discipline to like, oh, this is, this is a part of me. And once you do it, you become aware of all the things that you ask for. Uh, um, you become aware of all the things that you desire, um, that, how, you, how you put yourself in certain situations um, to win, right? Um, to, to make sure that you have your rocket fuel so um, your, your, your rocket can take off and, and you know, um, shoot for the moon. But if it falls short, it'll, it'll, it'll land with the stars, you know? So, yeah. uh, man, I mean, like, it, it brings you into the present moment, which allows for you to recognize that you are a gift. So that's the reason why you should stay in the present moment as much as you possibly can. And, um, you know, for me, it just, it saved my life, man. And that, that's why I'm a huge advocate for, you know, when you think about, uh, and, and the way that I, at first, I used to get a lot of resistance, right? Um, when I started doing it, you don't see too many black men, um, you know, uh, practicing meditation or, or, I mean, and there probably are a lot, a lot of them, but, um, it's, it's not like, um, amplified or, or projected. Right. And so, um, I got a lot of resistance and, you know, at one point in time, I was just like, dang, if everybody's okay with people, you know, uh, with these, with, with songs or movies, you know, doing this and doing that. And we, if we can accept that in our society, well, I was like, shit, I was like, well, you know, I'm gonna start blasting meditation. I'm gonna make this shit cool. Right. And, um, and so, and so now, you know, with the COVID-19, you know, pandemic, um, like everything has been happening, um, organically for me. And I think every, a lot of people are looking forward to hearing, hearing what I'm sharing. And, um, the way that I share this just, straight from the heart, man, um, as authentic as possible, as raw as possible, you know, just to let you know, like, shit, I was just like you, you know, the only thing that I did, I just, I, I really worked on something and I fine tuned and fine tuning over and over again. And I, and I started understanding like, oh, okay, this is how this works. Okay. So I started really understanding the principles of life and how to apply it. And, um, 
man, I'm I'm just I'm just in my flow. I'm in my zone. I love it, man. I yeah. love it. It's a great place to be too, man. I tell man. you, I, I so how often do you meditate? I meditate every day um for one hour every morning. Like I get up, like that's my set time. You know, when you read, meditate, work out. And then some people can just, you know, don't don't get overwhelmed by the fact that it's an hour that he does. I mean, start yeah. start start with like even like a couple minutes just doing a breathing exercise, right? That's yeah. like just yeah, way into it. Yeah, man. Like don't even start off with a minute. Start off with seconds. You know, because yeah. life is lived from moment to moment, and and in order for you to get to a minute, you got to build that build that strength up. You know, like like you you hear a lot a lot of articles, a lot of people or a lot of monks saying that. Uh, people should start off with five, five or 20, you know, five to somewhere between five to 20 minutes. You know, I'm like, no, like, hell no, that's, that's too difficult. That's like telling somebody to go into a gym on the very first day that never lifted weights. And I'm just like, yeah, go ahead and put those 225 on and let them lift that, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and the yeah, first day yeah. they do it, like, you know, they probably pass gas while they're trying to lift the weight and their <laughs> eyes pop out and, and, you know, they're like, shit, what and then was they can't that? Move the next day. <laughs> and then they can't move the next day. And it's like, hey, I'm going to see you at the gym. And it's like, hell no, I'm not yeah. coming to the gym. Yeah. You know, so it's the same thing with, with practicing meditation. Like, start off with 10 seconds, you know, and then let those 10 seconds build up to 40 seconds, 50 seconds, 60 seconds. And then when you get to 60 seconds, what's that? That equates to one minute. And so now, now you got one minute underneath your belt where you've learned how to actually sit still and be focused or sit still and observe your breathing, right? And then from there, uh, it can go on to one minute, two minutes, five minutes, and so forth, man. But take steps, you know, and everything that we do, it's about taking steps. Yeah, I love it. Well, man, first of all, I want to thank you for coming on the show, PJ. I appreciate you, man. Sharing with my audience, it's great, great knowledge and great information, great experience. And uh, before we, before I ask you the final question about rocket fuel, uh, how can my audience engage with you? Where's the best place for them to, to, to see you? Oh uh, man, you can go to my website, www.princedanielsjr.com. Um, and all my social media handles are on there. I want to just name them all, but you can catch me on Instagram. I'm usually there the most. Um, and you know, I met you on clubhouse, man. Clubhouse. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And so um, you can go there, but if you just want to go directly there, you can go to Prince ADJR, yeah, Prince ADJR. And plus, I got a, I got a podcast on Apple uh, Podcasts and, and Spotify. Um, so I have one called the Prince Daniels Jr. Show. That's mine. I'm going to get you on there. Um, and let's do it, right? And then I got another one called Game Beyond the Game, um, where I help professional athletes um, transition out of the game into life and um, help them find their vision and their purpose and, and create the mindset to be able to carry out their vision and their purpose. Love so, it, man. So you know about rocket fuel. So, so what does the rocket fuel law mean to you and what has it meant to you in your life in a sentence or two? Man, the rocket fuel for me, so I kind of con consider myself an alchemist, right? So when it comes to rocket fuel, man, it's, it's taking every single experience that you have in your life and you use to fuel you so you can shoot up, you know, in the air. Um, I'll, I'll leave, leave you with this. Like I always tell people that uh, a lot of times, um, um, you know, we're so, we, we're so used to being on ground level, right? And so when, whenever we're trying to do something, we're trying to go forward, we're trying to go backwards or left or right. And when we get stuck, that's, that's the only direction that we can only think of, right? But um, the one thing that I realized is that whenever you go within yourself, you go up and that's your rocket fuel, you know, going within you go up and, right. and, and, and when you go up, man, like 
your vantage point changes. You start seeing things and seeing everything different. Like you, you rise up 30,000 feet above ground. And when you look at the ground now, it looks completely different, you know? So, um, yeah, and the people are, the, the people are tiny and the problems are tiny. Right. Exactly. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> hey, PJ, listen, man. Uh, I consider you a friend now, man. And I, I appreciate you coming on the show and I'd love to be on your show. Be honored. And, uh, so thank you so much, man. Right. Let's make that happen, man. I appreciate you, man. Hey, hey, you have to be my friend if you call me PJ, man, because, you know. <laughs> yeah, because you said start saying PJ. So I said, ah, I'll just, I'll just call him PJ, just like C-Rock, right? <laughs> right. But, hey, uh, so I appreciate you, man. Guys, you've been listening to the What Are You Made Of show with our friend Prince Daniels Jr., or as I call him, PJ. Uh, you guys have been uh, wonderful supporters of my show. I just want to thank you. Go subscribe on uh, iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. If you want to watch these, go onto YouTube at Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Go get that Rocket Fuel book, Mike C-Rock dot com forward slash book until next time guys be unstoppable peace thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of what are you made of be sure to check my website out at the mike the mike with no k.com and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media facebook instagram linkedin and youtube at mike c-rock Chiraco. again thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode i want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.